Imperialism, at least in the 19th century, really transcended partisan politics. The French consul and the Ottoman governor of Algiers had a dispute over France's unpaid debts that ended with the aforementioned consul taking a fly swatter to the face. They seize on this you know, really pretty minor diplomatic incident and very deliberately use it to fabricate a casus belli to invade Algiers in the spring of 1830. France would stay in Algeria for over 130 years. While the pretext for the invasion may have been the infamous flywhisk incident, my guest in this episode, Jennifer Sessions, argues that it had much more to do with France's domestic politics. And over the 1830s and 40s, as French politics transformed, colonialism in Algeria became a consensus. Kind of Algeria becomes something of a blank slate, where people with different political priorities and political preoccupations can kind of project ideals. Join me in this conversation with Jennifer Sessions, author of the book, By Sword and Plow, France and the Conquest of Algeria. We'll learn about how France became entrenched in over a century of settler colonialism in Algeria, and we'll explore the relevance of this history in France today. This history is extremely contentious in France today. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Ottoman History Podcast. I'm Chris Grayton. Today on the program, we're going to be having a general conversation about the relationship between France and Algeria, with a lot of focus on that very early period of the first half of the 19th century in which France got its start in its very long colonial adventure in Algeria. Uh, My guest on the program is a University of Virginia colleague, Jennifer Sessions. Jen, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Jennifer E. Sessions is Associate Professor at the Corcoran Department of History here at University of Virginia. Her first book, published with Cornell University Press, was entitled By Sword and Plow, France and the Conquest of Algeria. And her work more broadly focuses on the history of Algeria and specifically France's involvement there. So a great person to talk to about today's subject. And I want to start by asking a question that did not occur to me until I encountered your work, which is (laughs) why is so much more said about the end of the story? You know, the long war of independence that Algeria fought against France in those last decades leading up to it, uh, than the beginning of the story of colonialism. Why uh, is so little known about those first decades in which France became entrenched in over a century long rule in Algeria? And Why should it be more significant? Why should people know more about this period? That's a really good question. I mean, I think that there's maybe three things to think about in in thinking about this question. I think the the first um, kind of in terms of why it doesn't get enough attention is that it actually has gotten quite a bit of attention. And and so I wouldn't want us to 
overlook or discount um, the really significant and excellent scholarship that does exist on the early colonial period, which, you know, I think generally speaking, we can think about as running from the invasion in 1830, the French invasion of Ottoman Algiers in 1830, to 1870-71, when the initial military administration of the Algerian colony is handed over to a a civilian um, colonial regime. And so the first thing is that there's actually kind of a whole generation of French historians who worked on this early period, you know, in the early and mid 20th century, you know, with varying political commitments, some of them very pro-French Algeria, some of them anti-colonialists, you know, but some of the kind of foundational, you know, what remain foundational references for um, the field were produced in the 1950s and 1960s by people like Charles-André Julien and Charles-Robert Ageron, um, Lucette Valency, another uh, historian working in France who, who's worked extensively on this early period. Um, but more recently, you know, we can point to work in both English and in French on the French military conquest, on the reaction of Algerians in terms of resistance, accommodation to um, to military conquest. Um, and there's now some really interesting work being done right around the th- transition in 1830 from Ottoman to, um, to French rule. So I think there, there is some really interesting work out there that's, that's worth reading, both old and, and new. Um, but it's also true that, generally speaking, the historiography has been much more heavily weighted towards the, the unmaking of French Algeria than it's making. Um, and I think there, there are a couple of reasons for this. One is political, right? The, the Algerian Revolution is a dramatic and inspiring anti-colonial story. Um, so in Algeria itself, the nationalist movement um, that produced the revolution takes the Revolutionary War of 1954 to 1962 as its origin story. Right, which makes it an obvious focus for um, scholarship in in Algerian um, by Algerian academics. That's a really natural focus. I mean, you can think about an analogy, right? Why are there so many books about the American Revolution in the field of U.S. history? You know, it, it's a it's a it's an important touchstone. Um, and if you go to you know the history museums in Algiers today, for instance. Um, you know, this came very quickly over the early period of what the official narrative calls the popular resistance from 1830, kind of roughly 1920, when nationalist organizations begin to, to organize um, and call specifically for independence. So the nationalist movement really has kind of itself focused on, on that period of, of decolonization. Um, and for non-Algerian historians who are sympathetic to anti-colonial movements, it also has obvious um, appeal. So I think that's one reason. Another is historiographical. And and here I'm thinking, I think, a little bit more about work that's coming out um, or has come out in the last couple of decades by Anglophone historians and to a secondary um, degree by French historians um, and historians working in France that the Algerian War is the moment when Algeria becomes most kind of dramatically and visibly entangled in French history. So historians are kind of inspired by the new imperial history that emerges um, and becomes very prominent among British historians um, and British scholars in uh, or scholars of Britain in the you know, late 1980s and really in the 1990s who go looking for places that you know you can really see empire shaping 
France itself, um, the Algerian War is is a really you know sort of visible place to look, um, and then its aftermath, particularly post-colonial immigration. So so that's I think you know historiographical reason, um, and then the other. It's kind of practical, um, just sort of very pragmatic in terms of the nuts and bolts of research. The archives and the sources for the period from 1830, especially to, to 1870, are really pretty disorganized. They're pretty scattered. Um, you know, so there, you know, you really need to look at materials at the very least that are in you know two or three different repositories in Paris, um, in the colonial archives in Aix-en-Provence. There's stuff still in Algerian archives, particularly with regard to the the kind of the social history of that period. And it costs money and it takes time to go to those archives and and those libraries and to work through them. Uh, For scholars from certain parts of the world, particularly Algerian scholars, getting visas and getting financial support to, to work you know, to put the time into the archives is hard. Um, so I think especially if we think about, you know, the number of people whose intellectual agendas get set in the kind of at the phase of doctoral research, this is a complicated period to study under the time constraints and the financial constraints of a, of a PhD thesis. And I, you know, I might say I'm a good example in some ways that, you know, I started off planning a dissertation that was comparing French colonialism in Algeria and Senegal from 1830 to 1870. Um, and what I ended up with was a, a dissertation and then a book about Algeria from 1830 to roughly 1848 because there was just so much material and it was so time consuming to just work through that piece that I kind of had to drop out the other three quarters of the, of the original plan. So, so I think, you know, it ranges. There's the politics, there's the historiography, and then there's the kind of the practicalities of research. Um, but I, I think it's exciting that we're starting to get um, kind of a whole generation of younger scholars you know, at the dissertation stage, who are interested in that earlier period, and there's there's really neat stuff coming out. And so, all of this being said, what is like sort of the significance or the big change that this new work on the very early period is bringing to our understanding of the history of France and Algeria? Well, I think we're we're starting to get you know a really much more developed sense of what I think of as kind of the three really critical developments in this period. So the first one is kind of the 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 shape and the consequences of military conquest um, for Algerian society and to a lesser extent for for French society. Um, you know, because of course this is enormously di- disruptive for Algerians, right? The the transition from Ottoman to French rule it reshapes the political landscape, um, the war itself, which you know, is is intensive from 1830 to 1847, and then continues kind of to have um, spikes until at least 1871. Um, you know, is economically disruptive. You know, agriculture and trade suffer enormously, and together these things have, you know, sort of devastating not just social and cultural impacts, but basic demographic impacts too. So, it's a controversial topic. The numbers are somewhat uncertain, but as best, according to the best kind of current estimates, and and the historian Kamel Kateb, a demographic historian, is the is the person to go to on this, um, is that the Algerian population declines by something like a third during those early decades. During those early oh. decades, as a result, 
partly of the fighting, um, but even more so the indirect effects of the fighting in terms of the economic disruption, um, the food shortages that result. Um, you know, you get increased mortality from disease um, because people are malnourished. Um, people are uprooted and moved around. So, so I think this is this is a really kind of fundamental thing. And so this is one of the things that that historians have been really interested in over the last 15, 20 years as, as they begun to dig into this is, you know, how did this work? And how do Algerians respond to and, and kind of cope with the these disruptions? I think all of that is exacerbated by the second kind of area of, of interest and, and I think really kind of critical development, which is the French decision to adopt a policy of colonization by mm-hmm. European settlers. Yeah. Um, and this is really where my own work has has focused. Historians de- argue about where Algeria fits exactly, French Algeria fits in taxonomies of colonial systems. But it's very clear if we look at the first decades, you know, 1830s and 1840s, that the goal of French co- policymakers almost from the beginning is to turn Algeria into something that's going to look like Anglophone North America, Australia. This is, you know, this is the heyday of settlerism, of settler colonialism as an ideological understanding and a practical goal for imperial expansion in Europe. And so Algeria kind of comes onto the the French scene at, at just that moment. So the goal here is, you know, to replace the indigenous population with European immigrants and to expropriate and redistribute land um, from Algerian landholders to these new European settlers. Um, and so then much of the kind of social and political history of the 19th century centers around this land question, right? The French f- trying to figure out how do we practically, maybe legally, um, acquire it? Under what circumstances do we give it out? To whom does it then get redistributed? Um, and Algerians, you know, finding ways to resist, adapt to, um, and live with the loss, the land loss that that follows. Um, so this is not this is not an ideal that succeeds. And this is why the kind of taxonomies, you know, taxonomists put Algeria, French Algeria more in the in the basket with Kenya or South Africa, where the indigenous population survives, we don't have the the same kind of genocidal effects that you see in North America or or in Australia for for native people. But so the Europeans remain a minority, um, demographically speaking. But I think that the ambition matters in these early peri- in this early period, and it shapes policymaking, and it shapes the French relationship to Algeria with very long term consequences. And I think that's the third thing. And there, there's a there's another really interesting body of work that's coming out, particularly among historians of France. I think more so than historians of Algeria, about the ways in which this settler colonial framework defines French Algeria from the very beginning as part of France itself, as as an extension of France and the French Algerians, the European settlers, as part of, you know, sort of full members of the French polity and the French 
social body. Right. Eventually starting in 1847, but then extended uh, 1848 and then expanded later, you know, with citizenship and with representation in the French parliament. So this kind of political integration and regime of settler rights that takes hold in the early period makes French colonialism extremely hard to displace. So Patrick Wolfe's understanding of settler colonialism as a structure that is put into place rather than an event that happens really applies. And and I think that structure is in place fully by 1848, even though the settler population, which, you know, in 1848, the moment that Algeria is constitutionally integrated into the French national territory, is only about 120,000 Europeans and only half of them are French citizens. You know, that number is going to uh, grow by the eve of independence, by the eve of the Algerian War, to you know something like 1.2 million, the majority of them French citizens. But the process has begun and has taken hold enough that it that it really can't be reversed over the course of that period, despite really powerful critiques, you know, from not just Algerians but from from within France as well. And in the second half of our conversation, we're going to talk a lot more about how exactly that happened. I'm going to take a quick music break, catch our breath, and then jump back in with Jennifer Sessions talking about the early history of France and Algeria. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Ottoman History Podcast. Chris Grayton here with Jennifer Sessions talking about the history of France and Algeria. Uh, We've just talked about some of the reasons why while by no means ignored completely by historians, uh, the early period of France's engagement in Algeria is less well-known and uh, is to some degree less well-studied. And we talked about some of the reasons why we think that's wrong. And Jen, while you were talking, one of the things that, you know, also came to mind is, you know, you know, you mentioned this, how the end is so dramatic, right? The Algerian War of Independence so dramatic. And indeed, we have this great movie, The Battle of Algiers, mm-hmm. which historians love to watch and, and enjoy. It's My a, students are talking about it this afternoon. Exactly. It's like a, it's a perfect film for seeing the power of the sort of revolutionary fervor through a little bit through the eyes of, of an Algerian perspective. Um, and uh, we don't have that film for the beginning of the story. But, you know, I think it could be a good film because to sort of ask the question about how France gets involved with Algeria, maybe I'll share with our listeners what the sort of apocryphal uh, typical narrative mm. is very briefly, because most people have probably heard this if they've heard anything about it, that the Ottoman day of Algiers, um, Hussein uh, is owed money by some merchants who are owed money by France. Uh, France won't pay up. This leads to a dispute between Hussein Day and the French. And in a very infamous incident, <laughs> our listeners know what's coming. He hits 
a French diplomat in the nose with a fly whisk, and suddenly France is in Algeria. You know, you have this story of how some small diplomatic spat leads to an invasion, which if you think about how it would function for thinking about the history, it almost sounds like France ended up in Algeria on accident because two guys got in an argument. Clearly, there's a more complex story to tell. So beyond the fly whisk incident, <laughs> what's what's the real story of how France becomes not only involved, but entrenched in Algeria during those early years? No, that's a great question. It, it, it is an, you know, an unavoidable story. You know, it all starts with the fly swatter. Um, for those who are interested in the fly swatter incident, I would really recommend uh, Julie Kalman's recent work on the Bakri and Bushnak families, the two Jewish merchants mm-hmm. the, who are involved in that transaction. She's doing some really, there's there's a really great chapter about it in her first book, and she's doing some really cool stuff on it now. But yes, of course, even that story is much more complicated than than it is sounds in the textbook version. Right. And I think there there is, you know, the, the short version, and, and what I've argued in, in my book is that it's largely a story of French domestic politics, you know, because there actually is a gap. Right, the Flyswatter incident happens in 1827, um, and the French don't invade until 1830. Um, and what you see, if you look at the French, uh, the archives of the French monarchy, the the restored Bourbon monarchy of Charles X. Um, these are the the kings of France who are brought back after the French Revolution by the victorious European allies to try and kind of restore the status quo ante in France. Charles X, who comes to the throne in 1825, is is a pretty reactionary guy, um, both politically and, and religiously. This doesn't go over well with um, liberals in France who are still imbued with many of the ideals mm-hmm. of the French Revolution. And so basically to try to cut off opposition that is mounting, you know, parliamentary opposition, popular opposition to um, Charles X's rule in the late 1820s, they seize on this, you know, really pretty minor diplomatic incident um, and very deliberately use it to fabricate a casus belli to invade Algiers in the spring of 1830. And you can actually see in the documents very carefully the way that everything is timed according to the electoral calendar. So there are parliamentary Mm -hmm. elections scheduled in the spring of 1830. And so they start in the fall, in the winter of 1829, 1830, you know, planning this expedition and they, they plan, you know, the assembly of the army of the expeditionary force and the departure, you know, so that the victorious results will come back just in time mm. for um, for the elections. Um, you know, I think this became very obvious to me because I was doing this research um, in the early 2000s, <laughs> right at the time that the U.S. government was engineering the invasion of Iraq, and there are lots of similarities. Right, George Bush the second sounds a lot like Charles the tenth. You know, the the similarities are really are really very striking. Um, and so um, you, you can see that that really is very deliberately mm-hmm. engineered and very deliberately sold to the French public as a political effort, as a, an effort to kind of shore up the legitimacy of the, the monarchy in France. But there is at the same time, you know, already sort of conversations um, among the military planners and among kind of observers and commentators of various sorts who see possibilities for a colonial future. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't 
I, I don't think you can say that you know Charles X himself had thought much beyond those elections um, in terms of what would happen afterwards. Um, and in the event it doesn't work, he um, you know <laughs> the invasion is successful, but the elections are not, and he gets overthrown um, by the Revolution of 1830 um, in at the end of July. Um, just you know, weeks after the the day of Algiers capitulates to the to the French army, so the political gambit fails. Um, but there are people um, in the in the military establishment, in the parliament, and commentators, um, sort of parliamentarians and and other kinds of of French observers, starting already to talk about the colonial possibilities that this opens up. Um, and there's this very interesting thing that happens um, where. There's this virulent liberal criticism of the expedition leading up to and during it. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the politics are transparent and, and right. this gets denounced by the opponents of the regime. But they almost immediately then turn around and try to recuperate it and to reframe it. You know, so, so there's a denunciation of the expedition as, as despotic. It's a symptom of the despotism mm-hmm. of France. Yeah. Um, and then right around the time of the, of the um, capitulation and then during the revolution in July, you start to have liberals saying, well, this was unfortunate, but let's turn it into an opportunity for liberty to flourish mm. um, in the despotic orient. Uh, and so, you know, we can do this by, you know, making our occupation permanent, expanding it, and undertaking some form of colonization. And that's really one of the remarkable things about it. You know, it's such a period of upheaval in the political system of, of Europe during the time. I and mean, this is the age of revolutions. This is after France has already lost Haiti very mm-hmm. dramatically in a, in, a, in a revolution. And as you said, you have kings being deposed and yet French colonization in Algeria survives, survives for, for many decades. And so how does that, you know, you've already alluded to sort of a consensus emerging around the idea that France has some purpose in Algeria, whether it's an exploitative colonialism or a civilizing colonialism perhaps could be debated. But yeah, how does that get in place and last during those early years? Well, I think this is one of the really interesting things about this period, because it absolutely is, you know, the the age of revolution, you know, corresponds almost exactly to the period of conquest for, for the French in Algeria. And... I think one of the things that it tells us is that imperialism, at least in the 19th century, really transcended partisan politics. Um, And so, you know, whether you're looking at the advocates of French colonization in Algeria or you're looking at the opponents, it does not line up at all neatly along the dividing lines of of French politics. So you get, you know, Republicans and socialists and conservative royalists mm-hmm. all advocating colonization. Some of the most sort of virulent critics of colonization, there are, there are sort of radical Republicans. Um, and then there are conservative aristocrats. So, um, so I think that's one of the, I think one of the real lessons of this period for historians of France is that our tendency to think of imperialism as something associated with kind of 
French republicanism with mm-hmm. the universalism um, and the the civilizing mission of the of particularly the Third Republic of 1870 to 1940 is actually is, that that's too limited. Um, that especially in that in the 19th century, it's much more um, much more widespread across the across the political spectrum, um, and it becomes kind of Algeria becomes something of a blank slate where um, people with different political priorities and political preoccupations can kind of project ideals. And that's one of the things that settler colonialism or settler models for colonialism really offer is um, is a way for various people in France, you know, whether they're concerned about the strength of the French army or they're concerned about the sort of the, the, the physical and moral health of the French working class, by establishing some sort of ideal communities in Algeria of immigrant settlers, they can they can cast that as, or conceive of that as a way to achieve their larger goals. Mm-hmm. And so you have you have plans for colonization which are tried out, you know, in very militaristic forms. So the the governor general in the 1840s, General Bougeot, sets up some military colonies that are supposed to, you know, of of French soldiers and veterans that are supposed to help kind of fortify the French body and the and the French French military might. Um, You have uh, kind of Saint-Simonians who conceive of sort of planned um, communities uh, that can be established in Algeria, like utopian, utopian, exactly, utopian socialist, yeah. right? So Prosper Enfantin, very famously, you know, one of the leading lights of of French Romantic socialism, plans gets very invested in the colonization of Algeria because it's a place where you can actually set up these idealized utopian communities. It's kind of a blank slate. Um, so you really see kind of a lot of these sorts of, of things happening. Um, and the debates about colonization policy is where you start to see the, the kind of partisan distinctions, not the, not the general uh, idea, but the, the more specifics of, of implementation. And I know you've worked a lot with visual sources from the period. Uh, so we're going to promise our listeners that if you go to our <laughs> website, autumnhistorypodcast.com, we will have some visuals from the period uh, with some captions that w- will sort of reflect uh, what this, what these visions of Algeria were. It's interesting that you stated that, you know, from the beginning, this was actually assumed to be a settler colonial project, that it wasn't about like, is this what we're doing, but how should we do it? Yeah. And, you know, in the early 19th century, how might people have expected things to turn out? We saw what happened in the Americas. Of course, now history mm-hmm. tells us that epidemics played a large role in the ease of, mm-hmm. of you know, conquest and like almost complete genocide in many parts of the Americas uh, that d- would not play out uh, in much of the colonial world during the 19th century. Um, but that's all in hindsight. So maybe for one more question on this period of history before talking about what it means for our present and and France's relationship with Algeria today, to what extent uh, was there a comparative lens in mind? To what extent were um, other European adventures, French or otherwise, in the colonial arena part of the discourses surrounding what the conquest of Algeria Algeria would lead to? No, I think there absolutely is comparative thinking. Um, And if we, you know, on the one hand, French expansion in Algeria is very nationalist. So, you know, some of those 
you know, visuals that I worked on, you know, battle paintings, lots and lots of great big, you know, propagandistic images of the French army fighting Algerians. But on the other hand, people interested in empire in the 19th century, not just in France, but across Europe and kind of across the, the, the Euro worlds of the 19th century, are absolutely thinking comparatively. And so the French are thinking in the Algerian case, you know, they're looking at models for settler colonialism. They're looking at the United States. They're looking at the ancient Greeks. Um, they're looking at Australia. But they're also looking at other ways of doing things in their own history, and particularly, well, actually in European history more broadly, but you mentioned the, the Haitian Revolution. Mm -hmm. And so that is one of the things that's very clear from the beginning is not just that settler colonialism has lots of possible benefits in terms of consolidating military occupation and helping solve social problems in France by sending away you know, poor unemployed people, but also that Algeria must not be a colony of slavery and plantation agriculture. Um, and so, you know, the age of revolution is not just the age, also the age of empire, but it is the age of abolition. But, but what is the logic there uh, of, a, of Algeria not being a colony of slavery? Is it just that slavery is an antiquated and, you know, wrong uh, form of power relations? Or is it also that if you have a colony that's the vast majority of the population is enslaved, it's an extremely unstable political situation that will end up like the Haitian Revolution. I'm not sure they actually got to the second part of it because the first part seemed so self-evident, that, that slavery is an anachronism by right. the 1830s and 1840s. And so even slave owners, there, there is um, one of the documents that I found in researching my first book is a, is a pamphlet written by a group defending slavery in the French Antilles, um, in the Caribbean colonies, in which they say, Algeria cannot be a slave colony. We can't imagine the creation of new colonies dependent on chattel slavery. Um, it's incompatible with the values of the 19th century. I mean, certainly from a practical point of view, um, it was hard, and one of the interesting things um, that we see is that there is at least a sort of rhetorical commitment to the abolition of slavery within North African society. So the emancipation of slaves, enslaved people that are held by Algerians. But there's actually very little kind of serious effort to uh, put that into practice because of the instability part. So I would say actually where you see the kind of the demographics and the, the instability of the French occupation coming into play is in the, the unwillingness to follow through on the sort of rhetorical commitment to abolishing indigenous forms of, of bondage. So yeah, but I think the, the Haitian Revolution kind of looms in the back uh, of all of this in terms of both the terror of um, the violence of the Haitian Revolution, but also kind of a broader you know, spirit of the age that, that slavery is, is a dying form of empire um, that, and, and you, need a, you need a new modern form of empire for the 19th century. A much more humane model of eliminating the entire indigenous population and In replacing theory. it with your own population. Yes. 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 
Spirit of the times. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we've covered a lot, uh, and uh, but there's a little bit more we want to talk about. We do want to talk about uh, what this means for today, particularly uh, France's continued relationship with Algeria. So we're going to take another quick music break and be right back with Jennifer Sessions. Ottoman History Podcast is a non-commercial project. Since 2011, we've published more than 400 episodes in English, Turkish, French, and even one in Spanish. And in order to cover our costs, we've created a Patreon account where you, the listeners, can support our work with a small monthly donation. For as little as a dollar, you can be part of our efforts to make discussion of history enjoyable and accessible to people around the world. In this episode, I'd like to send a shout out to some of our fans who've contributed. Anil Karzak, Aslan Masbah, and Daphne Kermuze. And special thanks to a few of our faculty patrons, Aisha Gulachar Dreyer, Margaret Ferguson, Reem Bailuni, and Molly Green. Now back to our interview with Jennifer Sessions. All right, welcome back to Ottoman History Podcast. Chris Grayton here with Jennifer Sessions talking about the history of France and Algeria. And indeed, we've just got a pretty good primer on that early period. I've learned a lot about sort of the nuances of what was going on. And what we've sketched out is a picture of a more deliberate and uh, self-aware French military and society becoming involved in Algeria during these early periods with, with clear goals that lead to the creation of a settler colonial model. And it's just interesting if you think about what was being said in in the 50s, again, to jump forward to the, the revolution about perhaps a civilizing mission about France's positive impacts on Algeria, looking back at what the original motivation was, which was very explicit dispossession and, and control of Algeria, you see that this early period has a lot to offer for understanding what follows. So the question I want to ask you, Jen, it's very broad and you can take it wherever you like it, is what is the value of this early period of France and Algeria uh, for understanding the present in which the history of France and Algeria is still very contentious in French society, in Algerian society, but people don't seem to have a lot of information about it. So, you know, yeah. take it where you want to. So, I, th- I mean, I think the, the maybe the first thing to say is to just kind of reiterate the point about about the fact that this history is extremely contentious in France today. And so, you know, we can look at the current president, Emmanuel Macron, who's kind of staked out an interesting new position that's gotten himself him in a lot of hot water with certain um, certain people in France of recognizing the history of French colonization in Algeria um, during the presidential campaign in 2015. I hope I get that right. He, you know, he actually says, you know, this this constitutes a crime against humanity. And he's taken more steps kind of recently, um, just in the last couple of months, for instance, to um, begin pushing forward the restitution of um, art objects 
that were taken by the French from colonized territories, mm-hmm. including Algeria. Um, there, there, there's a collection of of several dozen Algerian heads in the French Museum of Natural History um, that are currently in the process of being um, returned to the Algerian government, which has put this past kind of in a new light and and stirred up a lot of consternation among people sort of both conservative nationalists in France but also among the constituency known as the the Pied Noir community which is the community of former settlers from French Algeria who have a real commitment um, at least in certain circles to putting forth what they call a recognizing, what, what they term recognizing the positive impact right. of French colonialism in Algeria. So there's a real um, kind of nostalgic misrepresentation of French Algeria that, that's being developed and, and promoted by groups that have connections to Algeria's colonial history, either as settlers or also as um, soldiers who participated in the Algerian war in defending French Algeria. And it's a pretty large voting block because every European person in Algeria became a citizen of France if they wanted to. The vast majority. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the we're still, I think, working towards a really full understanding of what what Pianoirs called the Exodus from Algeria in 1961-62. Um, but yes, the, the vast majority leave Algeria and the vast majority of those who leave end up in metropolitan France, um, where they are the recipients of the single largest social welfare program that the French government has ever enacted. And they're living alongside another large migrant group which comes from Algeria and other French colonies exactly. in North Africa, of course, of Muslim immigrants. The original population of Algeria has uh, has since migrated to France in large numbers as well and is part of that political equation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually kind of there, there, there is not just Muslim Algerians, but also Jewish Algerians who um, were largely French citizens by the end of the colonial period who also immigrated. So the, the core of the French Jewish community now is largely of Maghrebi origin. And then among Algerian immigrants and among the community of Algerian origin in France, there are kind of further divisions, particularly between those whose sort of family background is participation in the nationalist uh, opposition and those um, in the group known as the Haki who fought with the French army, either voluntarily or under various forms of coercion during the Algerian war. So there are tensions there as well. Um, and and kind of in all of this, the, 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 the history wars, the, the memory wars that um, have really kind of been raging since the mid-1990s, are one of the arenas where the the political and and social interests of these different groups are are getting played out. So without playing favorites <laughs> in these memory wars, uh, what does that early period offer? Well, I think what the early period offers is, um, you know, maybe the starkest view of what the reality of French colonization was. The, it is very hard to argue, as the Pied Noir have. So, so in 2005, there's a very famous law of 23 February 2005 that was pushed by Pied Noir 
advocates and lobbying um, organizations to mandate the teaching of the positive impact of French colonization in the French Empire, particularly French Algeria, and the contributions of the overseas French, by which they meant themselves, to the grandeur of France. And they point to things like the building of roads and hospitals and schools as evidence of that. And I think if we look back at the early colonial period, when the first roads are getting built and the first schools are being established and the first medical um, institutions are being set up, it's very clear that none of this is for the benefit of Algerians. The roads go to places that the French army needs them to go. It goes to places where they want to establish, the, the roads go to places they want to establish European populations. Um, the yeah. institution of French law is about codifying the expropriation of land. No, you can see in numbers that the number of schools of, of local Algerians like decreases during that period. Yes. That, that it, it leads to a dismantling of pre-existing institutions rather than a building exactly. up of new ones. Exactly. And the institutions that are established then are exclusively, right. essentially exclusively for the use of the children of the European settlers. Long before that becomes more fully fleshed out during the later periods where you have the Andigina code and all of this stuff, you already have this kind of division in place. Yeah. Yeah. And you ha and you have the body count as well. I mean, you have sort of the the fact that hundreds of thousands of people died right. in uh, the pursuit of this establishment. Yeah. I'm still hung up on the, the heads that are preserved in the museum. I didn't hear. I'm, clearly, those are artifacts from a very different period of history mm -hmm. uh, that are present that do kind of sort of remind about the realities of my, maybe what it was all about in a more um, poignant way. Uh, and I appreciate you talking about all of that with us on the program. I, I've learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners have too. I hope so. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Uh, and thanks for tuning in to our listeners. We want to remind you that there's materials on our website, ottomanhistorypodcast.com, a bibliography, a link where you can check out By Sword and Plow, France and the Conquest of Algeria by Jennifer E. Sessions, uh, and visuals that we mentioned before. That's also where you'll find many other episodes on the history of Algeria, uh, particularly during the colonial period. Again, um, really covering the whole swath of the periodization. So check those out and join us next time in another episode of Ottoman History Podcast.